When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to First Mover, presented by Underdog Fantasy. We're here, the stream, it's a little late, I know, technical difficulties, but we are getting it started. I'm Josh Larkey, the Director of Analytics at PlayerProfiler.com and Roto Underworld, and you can find me on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets, J-L-A-R-K-Y Tweets, and I've got the new TikTok we're, we're, we're revving that thing up. We're pumping out the promos for that one at Larky TikToks. Got a lot of videos coming at you each week. Short, funny, always some type of message within. Just released one about what to do with McCaffrey and Dynasty. I'll actually discuss that very shortly on this podcast. Now, I hinted at it a little bit. We're just going to get right to the chase. Give you the... the oh, actually... Quick, any last-minute Monday night pickums? Someone in the chat. I know game starts in 15 minutes. I like the Logan Thomas over. I think it was at 30 or 31 yards. Seems like he's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, yeah, 30 yards in 16 games. If you just want to do rough math, would be a 480 receiving yards pace. I think he's better than that. It's not like the Seahawks have a great defense. So we'll see how this one ages because it's going to be in the the podcast for all of you out there to listen to, but I would say that Logan Thomas over, it was at 30 or 31 yards, something like that. I would take the over. We'll see how that ages in about three hours from now when the game ends. Now, the while you're all here, you're not here for the DFS takes. You're here because I hinted at an internship opportunity. Yes, I am looking for an analytics intern starting right after the NFL regular season ends. I've got a lot of best ball research, DFS research, new updates to our dynasty rankings. There are so many really interesting projects that I'm going to be tackling during the the end of winter and early spring. Some draft research. And if you want to be a part of that, stay tuned for when we post that internship. But just to get the ball rolling, just for all of you to start thinking about it. So if you're in college, fresh out of college, This is the perfect opportunity for you to do some part-time work, make some money, and get some really good experience in the industry. Uh, Mike in the chat says, I am interested. Mike, I'm I'm glad. That's good. Please apply when we release the, the posting for that. You're going to want to know how to do some coding skills. That's definitely a part of it. I code in R, so it's preferable that you do know how to code in R. That way we're not uh, swapping code signals in different languages, but... That is not a total deal breaker for the right candidate. So it's a fully remote internship. You don't have to worry about moving anywhere. It's going to pay better than a lot of the other 
internship postings that I've seen in this industry. So you're not going to get rich off this, but I assure you, you're going to get very well compensated. All right, let's discuss the CMC injury quickly. So I did some research earlier today, and I mean, there's not that many running backs out there that have ha- that have been so elite like McCaffrey. But even if you're just looking at guys that are workhorses, I just couldn't find any running back with two completely injury-plagued seasons in the prime of their career who then went on to have multiple successful seasons for fantasy. I just haven't found it. If you find that running back, let me know. I only looked the last two decades. That's the advanced data sets that I have easy access to, so 2000 onward. Maybe it's happened uh, way back in the day, but in terms of any recent historical precedents, I couldn't find any. I couldn't even find a guy missing two seasons and then having even one elite fantasy season. So as an analytics guy, because I like players and the archetypes that where I can say, you know what, here's example A and B and C and D. Here's all the guys that have done it before. And I feel very confident in this running back doing X. I just cannot say that right now about Christian McCaffrey. If he'd missed one season, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. Here's the seven or eight running backs that uh, tore an ACL or missed this season because of this or that, and then came back and were totally fine for the next four years. But two seasons with multiple different lower body injuries is very concerning. And personally, after my research earlier today, I'm in camp cell with McCaffrey and Dynasty. And I just don't see him having fully healthy elite seasons in his future. And at his price tag right now, they're still baked in that he's going to have one to two more elite seasons. And I'm just not even sure if he's ever a workhorse again in his career. He probably will be at the start of 2022. I'd be surprised if he wasn't, but will he make it through 2022 healthy? I don't know. We just haven't seen it before. And that worries me. The I think the, the only guy that I could find that was even remotely close in terms of a the non 220 pound workhorse running back who does something after multiple injury plagued seasons. Uh, this was in my TikTok. It w- I posted it earlier today. It was Darren McFadden. He had some chronic foot injuries. He played parts of several seasons and then had 1400 scrimmage yards at age 28, though he missed significantly fewer games than McCaffrey did when he was in his prime. Remember McCaffrey played three games last year and only seven this year, 10 games played and remember, it's not even like he played full 10 games. He's He played, what, I think five full games this year and then two games where he exited early. So we're looking at under 10 full healthy games the past two years. That is terrifying. And McFadden's age 28 season, he still only averaged 12 PPR points a game. And that was age 28. He still had more chronic foot issues that just kept lingering and lingering. So if you want, I mean, what, what are you expecting with McCaffrey right now? We're banking on an outlier. And I just don't like doing that in Dynasty and in general. Again, some comments about how good McFadden was in college. Yes, I I rewatch those highlights occasionally. McFadden had legitimate four three wheels at running back. It was fun to watch. He was involved in the passing game as well. It truly one of the most electric players to ever hit the field. And those foot issues are just disappointing. Someone said, try to sell McCaffrey for Swift. Honestly, if you can do that... uh, props to you. I don't even think that's on the table. I think you'd have to do McCaffrey plus a first to get someone like Swift at this point, to be completely honest. So in terms of an offer, I think if you can get a 2022 or 2023 first plus another decent player in Dynasty, 
sell, sell, sell McCaffrey. I know like a year and a half ago, it was like, oh, I would need three, four, five first round picks to get McCaffrey. I don't really know what his price is right now. We're going to have to see the news just broke that he's out for the season. But if you can even get a first round pick in the future, plus a decent player, I'm doing that. Now, as you know, the sponsor of this show, it's Underdog Fantasy. And right now I cannot stop drafting in their sophomores and juniors drafts. They take 10 to 15 minutes. They are so fun. Seriously, you'll probably catch me in the lobby at some point. I'm not just saying this to say it. I'm I'm drafting. I'm posting these teams on Twitter. It's you and three other people. So it's a four-team draft, 12 rounds. It is only players that are going to be in year two or year three when the 2022 season starts. So think of a Jonathan Taylor would be entering year three. He'd be a junior. A Jamar Chase would be entering year two next year. He'd be a sophomore. Those types of players. It's one QB, one running back, two receivers slash tight ends, and a flex. You only start five players each week. Unlike the traditional best ball where you're starting a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So you're starting five guys a week instead of eight, and it's 12 rounds of a draft instead of 18. And the big edge here that I've identified is make sure to get two good quarterbacks. If you don't get two good ones, make sure to take three. Because if you think about normal underdog best ball, the 18 round draft where it's your your best eight players each week, the quarterback is one eighth of your starting lineup each week. That's it, just one eighth. But in the sophomores and juniors tournament, one QB, one running back, two receivers slash tight ends, and one flex, you're starting five players a week. The quarterback is not one eighth. They are now one fifth of your starting roster. And we all know quarterback scores more fantasy points than the other positions. So make sure that you're not left holding the bag and that you're stuck with, I don't know, uh, Zach Wilson and Tua Tagovailoa as your quarterbacks for 2022. I would much rather get a Herbert, a Burrow, a Jalen Hurts in my in my best ball draft. And the most, the most mispriced player. I have nearly 100% exposure to this guy after I think eight drafts. It's it's Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going in the, in the 30s based on ADP. Uh, newsflash, he's going to be the 49ers starter all year next year. It's why they traded up to draft him. He's raw. This year, he's learning under Garoppolo. Next year, he's going to be the starter. You like how Jalen Hurts has done in fantasy this year? You like how Lamar Jackson's done in fantasy? You want a guy like that? Trey Lance is going, I kid you not, he's going after Mac Jones in this format. It's simply unbelievable. Now, I'll get to the mustache. You're wondering... Why do you have a mustache and you're clean shaven everywhere else? It is for Movember, which is Men's Mental Health Awareness. And if you want to learn more about that, I will be on a massive Movember live stream with other people in the fantasy football Twitter community. I'm actually going to be on with Cody Carpentier and Jacob Sanderson at 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, which is Tuesday. So tune in for that. It'll be live on Twitter. We'll be discussing men's mental health and fantasy football, because we can never talk enough fantasy football. So be sure to tune in for that. Now, before we dive into week 13, just a little bit of updates on the some of the, the innovations that we're working on behind the scenes at Player Profiler. As you know, we launched our massive DFS module this year. It's our first year of a DFS module, and we have full capabilities, functionality for DraftKings and FanDuel. There is a new emerging DFS platform out there. It's Yahoo. We plan on adding Yahoo to the DFS Dominator for next season. 
I've been doing some quote unquote <laughs> market research for Yahoo DFS. I've coded up my own little optimizer, testing it out, making sure it is production ready for next year and entered their, their beginners tournament. I took down the Yahoo beginners tournament. Go me just swiping the, the, the $1,000 massive grand prize. That's not that whatever. I, I won the, the beginners tournament. What's more important though, is that I won the beginners tournament with a lineup that scored 213.88 points. This is the same scoring on Yahoo as it is on FanDuel. And because it was a low scoring fantasy week in week 12, it pains me to say this, but my 213.88 fantasy point team would have won $100,000 in their flagship tournament had I entered it. Too bad I was doing market research with low stakes. So uh, woe is me, could have had 100K, walked out with 1K. But the good news is that the DFS optimizer looks like it is alive and well for Yahoo. So very excited to roll that one out next year. And if you're wondering what second place had in this beginners tournament, I honestly feel bad spanking these other beginners. So my team had 213.88 points. Second place had 192. I won by over 21 fantasy points. My goodness. So my team was a Stafford double stack with Cup and OBJ, which was fine. Stafford had a good, not great game. OBJ had a good game. Cup had his floor game, which was still like 16 fantasy points. But then I had Fournette and Gronk from the Tampa Bay game. Fournette went nuclear. Gronk had a good game. I had Mixon and Mitchell as my other running backs, both of whom scored two touchdowns. I had Jalen Waddle, who had a massive game. And then I had the Miami defense facing Carolina. They put up over 20 fantasy points. All in all, 213.88 points. Market research feels good on Yahoo. So stay tuned for that for next season. We will always be working to make improvements constantly. This is my full-time job. I will be innovating year-round. And if you want to get on the action, remember, we got this analytics internship. And then in addition to uh, adding Yahoo to the optimizer, I'm going to be continuing my research more in depth on wide receiver cornerback matchups, most likely working with Cody Carpentier on that, looking more into man versus zone coverage defensive tendencies, and how different coaches are dialing up plays based on how many men are in the box. And as the podfather hinted on a recent Decision Point podcast with Anand Nanduri, which coaches truly hate yards and touchdowns? Which ones do? It's the ones that are still running the ball up the middle, even when they face a stacked box. Which teams are making sure to correctly dial up pass plays when the defense is stacking the box? These are all questions that I'm working on and that you can too in this analytics internship. Which teams are calling the most play action? Which teams are sending the most men in motion pre-snap? How successful are these plays compared to this their team's average play in terms of yards per play? If this type of stuff sounds like you'd be interested, there's the upcoming end of winter, early spring analytics internship. Or if you're selfish, you can just buy our data and use it for yourself. So you like the sound of all these different new metrics that we're capturing with our game charters. It's not encouraged to be selfish, but this is America. And even if something's not encouraged, it's often allowed. Data Analysis Plus is going to get you all the advanced play-by-play data, our medical history reports, For the last five years, I have an advanced game log, which will be coming soon. You're not going to find data like this anywhere else at an actually affordable price tag for the dedicated fantasy football researcher. That's only $150. And if you want $100 of free money, that way you can start uh, going, pumping out some underdog, taking some unders for the pickums, make some money, get the $150 for Data Analysis Plus, underdog fantasy, 
promo code UNDERWORLD will get you up to a $100 deposit match. You put in $100 as a new user with the promo code UNDERWORLD, bam, suddenly there's $200 in your account for those pickups. All right, let's now dive in to the week 13 DFS slate. Let me take a sip of water and we're, we're going to get right on with it. All right, we got four teams on by for week 13. The Panthers, all right, good. Let that team get a little healthier. Oh my goodness. It was hard to watch them this past week. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers can rest his toe. Uh, the Browns, Baker desperately needs this bye. And then the Titans, who also desperately need some time to regroup. So Panthers, Packers, Browns, Titans, not on the slate. We do have 11 games on the main slate and we'll go through them. Then we'll discuss the individual players in those games that I'm liking based on the early salaries. And I'll leave you with a signature hot take for week 13. So the first game on the slate, Giants at Dolphins, 41 and a half point uh, Vegas game total. It's pretty low. Dolphins favored by about a field goal. Not super interested in this one. Probably have a a touch of exposure on DraftKings to Daniel Jones and Tua just because they're in the mid 5K range. But overall, it's a pretty gross game. Low over under. Next up, we've got the Cardinals at the Bears. 45 and a half game total. The Bears are just over touchdown underdogs at home. I believe Kyler Murray is returning for this game. Believe DeAndre Hopkins is returning for this game. Not a not really a game where I'm trying to play the the Bears side at all with Dalton against a, a very strong Cardinals defense necessarily. But I do like if Kyler Murray returns and he's healthy, playing a little Murray here because I think some people might be hesitant to play him in his first game back. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, right now we'll probably think of a little bit of Kyler stacks. And uh, Hopkins price tag this week, it's it's quite nice. We'll get into that in a little bit. Next game, uh, this is one of my two favorite games. It's the Buccaneers at the Falcons. 50 and a half point over under. The Buccaneers are about 11 point favorites on the road. They're expected to, to blow away the Falcons. Every week is Tom Brady double stack week. And the Atlanta Falcons defense is just so terrible. The Buccaneers are so pass heavy in almost every game situation. And I know Matt Ryan burned some of you who listened to my advice. He he burned me this past week. I did play a lot of Matt Ryan lineups. Like I said, after facing just an absolute gauntlet the last month, he got the, the second worst pass defense in the NFL and the Jaguars. He had a fine game, not good for DFS, but it was a better game than his last two games. Probably going to play some Matt Ryan again because I am a masochist. And I mean, Matt Ryan, we know that he has... The potential any week for 300 pass yards and just to totally air it out. And the Buccaneers run defense is just so good. They're practically begging teams to pass against them. So might play a few Matt Ryan stacks begrudgingly, but definitely a lot of Brady sacks in this one. Next game should just be a, a total slaughter fest if the last one wasn't enough of one with the, the Buccaneers at it. the Falcons. It's the Colts at the Texans. Nice divisional game as well, just like that Buccaneers-Falcons game. And the Colts are just going to smash the Texans. 46-point game total. Houston, uh, about 8.5-point dogs at home. And my goodness, Jonathan Taylor probably going nuclear in this one. So that's probably going to be a lot of fun to watch. Going to have some Wentz stacks as well, most likely, just because the Colts offense has been uh, really humming recently. He had a nice game against the Buccaneers. He's actually just been pretty solid all season. The, the next game on the slate... The Vikings at the the Detroit Lions, 47-point game total. Feels a bit high, honestly. Vikings, seven-point uh, favorites on the road. 
Probably not going to watch a single second of this game because DeAndre Swift likely won't be playing. Seems like he should be fine for week 14, but it does seem like he'll miss week 13 with his injury. I like some cousin stacks just because, I mean, the, the Lions are just, they're so dreadful in all phases of everything. So cousins could have a huge game. Dalvin Cook's out, so obviously Madison will get into that when we look at player salaries. Not a lot of great runback options on the Lions. I think this is one of those games where you can just do like a Cousins double stack if you want. You don't even need to run it back. You can just say, nah, I don't want any Lions this week. We don't have Swift. So I wouldn't fault you for that. Next game, we've got, oh, we've got someone mentioning T.Y. Hilton owns Houston. Yes, we will discuss T.Y. Hilton shortly. I have a little note for him because yeah, totally owns Houston. Oh, Giovanni said that he missed the mustache explanation. Just in case someone fast forwarded through the intro because they, they hate intros. Ha ha, you have to listen now. The mustache is for Movember. It's men's mental health awareness because men have uh, emotional, mental issues that they're dealing with as well, just like women. And I feel like it's generally not talked about. Men are supposed to just act so incredibly strong all the time, so emotionless when in reality, us men know that oftentimes we do in fact have emotions. It's not very healthy to suppress them. So I'll be going on a live stream tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern to discuss men's mental health and fantasy football. And I'll be on the stream with Cody Carpentier and Jacob Sanderson from Player Profiler. And it's being put together by Dave Kluge of Football Guys and Fantasy Pros. All right, the next game, the the Eagles at the Jets. 45-point game total. Looks like the Eagles are favored by about a touchdown. Uh, I don't know, not much to say here. Seems like Hurts' ankle should be fine. I don't know if that's why he threw so many interceptions against the Giants yesterday. Uh, not quite sure. Doesn't look like Zach Wilson's going to play. Mike White doesn't seem like he'll be available due to COVID protocols. Looks like it's going to be a slightly hobbled Jalen Hurts versus Joe Flacco. Uh, no thank you. Probably not going to play a lot of that game. Next, we have the Chargers at the Bengals. My other favorite game, along with that Buccaneers-Falcons game. 50 and a half point over under Bengals favored by about a field goal at home. It's a very close spread, high game total. Going to be playing some Herbert and Burrow stacks in this one. Next, we have the Jaguars at the Rams. 48 point game total. Uh, The Rams favored by almost two touchdowns. Looks like about 12 points. This one should be just a bloodbath. Some nice Stafford double stacks are going to be on the menu. It's what helped me win on Yahoo this past week. And just like Brady, it seems like most weeks should be Stafford double stack weeks because it's a very efficient pass offense and it's very consolidated. We kind of know if Stafford gets there in DFS, we know it's going to be some combo, most likely of Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson, maybe Higby. It's very There's a very condensed target tree there. Next game is Washington at Vegas. 49 point game total. Vegas favored by about two and a half ish. Another decently high game total with a close spread. I like this one as well. Hineke and Carr are both well-priced. These are two pretty porous pass defenses. So I think there's some some interesting ways to play this one in DFS. Next, we have uh, the Ravens at the Steelers. Really low 44-point game total. Steelers are about field goal underdogs in this one at home. And I've got a little bit to say about this game, but we're going we're gonna to wait on that. We'll talk about Big Ben shortly. You might be surprised. And the last game, game number 11, the Niners at the Seahawks. 46 and a half game total. Niners favored by about a field goal on the road right now. We'll see if that line moves based on whether or not uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks wake up on Monday Night Football tonight. 
So stay tuned on that, but probably going to be playing some Russell Wilson stacks because we have such an extensive history of Russell Wilson having a massive ceiling. And we know that Lockett and Metcalf, each of them has the ability to drop 40 plus fantasy points and break the slate. All right, now we're going to dive into individual players. So let's start with quarterback on DraftKings. Lamar Jackson's at the top. He's 7,800 at Pittsburgh. Probably going to play a little Lamar Jackson. Not the best price necessarily, but also it's Lamar Jackson. We know what kind of ceiling he has. But a quarterback I like a little better would be Brady, who's down at 7,200 at Atlanta. That's just a great matchup. It's a solid price. We know with how often the Buccaneers throw that a PPR platform like DraftKings is very friendly, especially with the 300 pass yards, three-point bonus. We've also got Herbert at 6,700 at Cincinnati. Really like that price tag on Herbert. Really like Herbert in this game. I've mentioned before on a couple of these podcasts just how volatile Herbert is. He either has a pretty bad game or a really good game, which is what we want in DFS. We want the bad games to keep the average fantasy points down so not too many people play that quarterback. But we want to know that he's capable of having the massive 30-point spike weeks. Herbert's had several of those this year. Next, we ha- uh, another quarterback I like was Russell Wilson, 6,400 versus the Niners. His price tag just keeps dropping. We'll see how Monday Night Football goes. But getting a mobile quarterback with a track record like his, 6,400 against a really terrible 49ers pass defense. Another quarterback I like is Derek Carr, 6,000 against Washington. Washington pass funnel defense. They're pretty terrible. So I know there's no Darren Waller. Probably going to make fewer people interested in Derek Carr. And I think that might be an opportunity to play Derek Carr against a terrible pass defense. Next is uh, Matt Ryan's another quarterback I like. I, I just can't quit Matty Ice. 5,600 versus Tampa Bay. Maybe this is the week. Same price as Taylor Hineke, 5,600 at Vegas. I just think that Vegas-Washington game is going to be a pretty good one for DFS. And then that Giants-Miami game, I mean, 5,500 for both Tua and Daniel Jones. It's it's whatever. I think if Tony and or Shepard plays, definitely going to try and be over the field on Daniel Jones. He just hasn't had the weaponry the last few weeks. He's been struggling. So we'll see what happens there. But if, especially Shepard, they've just... He's really just peppered Shepard with targets no matter what. So if he can get him back, guy he's very familiar with, that would be really, that'd be good for his uh, DFS potential. The budget quarterback, it's going to surprise you. My budget quarterback this week is Big Ben Roethlisberger at 5,000 against Baltimore. I know he's been terrible. The arm looks awful, but we know that the Steelers, even with his, his bum arm, are willing to give him 40, 50 pass attempts in a game if needed. The Ravens might jump out to a big lead in this one and force the Steelers to be in comeback mode. So at 5,000 with a consolidated target tree where stacking partners would pretty much just be Deontay, Claypool, and Fryermuth for the most point, when it's that consolidated, 5,000 Big Ben looks kind of appealing in DFS. On FanDuel, Lamar's at the top of salary, 8,500 at Pittsburgh. Russ is the other quarterback I really like on this platform, 7,300 against the Niners. FanDuel's a good platform for him where Russ is a very high touchdown rate QB year after year with lower pass volume. So a half PPR platform that rewards touchdowns and that doesn't give pass yards bonuses is going to be good for a high-end mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson. All right, we're going to turn to running backs. And I just think this is actually, right now at least, it looks like it looks like a good week to to really vary your running back pool for DFS. 
There's just so many running backs that I'm currently considering. And I'm going to list some of the some of the good ones. At the top of salary, Jonathan Taylor, 9,200 at Houston. Going to be pretty hard to fade Taylor against Houston. He's probably going to be very popular. We've got Eckler, 8,300 at Cincy. And Mixon, 8,100 against the Chargers. I think both those running backs are viable in this one. I even think that you can stack Eckler and Mixon with Herbert and Burrow. And then we just have like a total smash fest, which is Alexander Madison, 7,600 at Detroit. Seems like he's basically the one-for-one Dalvin Cook replacement, or at least he had been earlier this year when Cook missed a couple games. So just imagine that you're getting Dalvin Cook at 7,600 at Detroit. Really hard not to jam Madison in 20 to 30% of your DFS lineups. I also like Leonard Fournette, 7,300 at Atlanta. Not only did he have four touchdowns this past Sunday, he had 17 carries and eight targets. The usage was truly there. And all that usage and the four touchdowns helped him arrive at 47 DraftKings fantasy points. Only, I think it was only what, only six or nine? I forget what Taylor had. Taylor had mid 50s with his five touchdown game. So Fournette had like 80, 85% of that. Pretty good for for Uncle Lenny. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he's 7K against Tampa Bay. Hopefully people don't want to play him because the Falcons are a gross offense and Tampa Bay is a good run defense. Fortunately, Patterson is so heavily involved in the pass game and they use him so creatively that at 7,000, I still like Patterson. Saquon, I don't know, another another one where I'm just like, am I a glutton for punishment? Saquon, the, the salary's dropping. He's 6,300 at Miami. He did have 13 carries and five targets against the Eagles. And I still believe, especially at 6,300. Next is, uh, I also like Darrell Henderson. 6,100 versus Jacksonville. It's not a great matchup. Jacksonville's decent against running backs, but 6K for a running back on a great offense with a massive team total, according to Vegas. Going to be playing some Darrell Henderson. Uh, I also like Josh Jacobs. He's 6K against Washington. He had 22 carries on Thanksgiving. He had seven targets the game before that. Josh Jacobs is starting to look more and more like an all-purpose workhorse. Waller's going to be out of this game. They're going to have to get everyone else more involved to pick up the slack. Josh Jacobs could have a very nice game against Washington, who also recently lost Chase Young for the season. So their run defense is hurt as well. Next is Elijah Mitchell. The guy is only 6,000 at Seattle. The price tag doesn't make sense. He just poured on the fantasy points in his last game against the Vikings. And Mitchell's a total, total bell cow. He gets the carries. He gets the targets. He's looking like one of the fab pickups of the century for everyone that spent up on him early in the season. I also like James Conner. Only 5,900 for a a bell cow on a really good offense. He's at Chicago. So James Conner, 5,900. Probably going to get 15 to 20 carries. Probably going to get three to six targets. Good price tag, especially since I think Kyler will be back. Miles Gaskin, the most disrespected bell cow in the NFL. 5,800 against the Giants. If we want some budget running backs, we got Jamal Williams. He's 5,400 against Minnesota. He had 15 carries and five targets on Thanksgiving with Swift out. So if you're looking for a, a run back for your cousin's stacks, uh, maybe Jamal Williams if you're not going Hawkinson. And then the, the Philly running backs... Very unclear what's going to happen there with this Sanders injury. He might actually be able to play this week, but they face the Jets. There's there's no team even close to as bad as the Jets against running backs this year. <clears throat> and Sanders, 5,200. Boston Scott, 4,600. Gainwell, 4,200. They're all well-priced, so whoever's active and starting, you should probably play that running back against the Jets, who are just, their defense is just, it's so dreadful. 
And then I'll leave you with one more. This one, really gross, by the way. Tevin Coleman, 4,500 against the Eagles. I I was honestly pretty bummed. I really thought it was going to be Ty Johnson getting a hefty amount of work. It wasn't. The guy who became pretty much a bell cow in this game was Tevin Coleman. He had 16 carries and three targets. The offense should be competent with, I assume, Flacco starting this week. So non-mobile quarterback like Flacco, probably going to target the running back. If Tevin Coleman's out there for a large portion of the snaps, you might want to sneak him in at 4,500. On FanDuel, Taylor at the top, 10,500 at the Texans. He's getting the McCaffrey and Derrick Henry treatment. But my favorite running back, it's Uncle Lenny. Touchdowns are very important on FanDuel with half PPR and Fournette, 7,700 at Atlanta. When he's 30% cheaper than Jonathan Taylor, yet we know that his ceiling is nearly identical to Taylor, you got to play some Uncle Lenny and you got to play a lot of them. Turning now to receiver, uh, we got Cooper Cup at the top at facing Jacksonville. He's 9K. I mean, we saw the floor this past week. The floor was still, what, 15, 16 fantasy points in half PPR and I think 21, maybe 22 in PPR, something like that. Unbelievably high floor. And he has the 40 plus point ceiling that we've also seen this year. 9K versus Jacksonville. Going to play some Cooper Cup. Going to play some Stafford stacks. Some other receivers I like. Deontay Johnson, 6,800. I like a little Big Ben this week. Pair him up with Deontay. He's had double digit targets in all but two games this year. The guy's basically a lock for 13 targets in pretty much every week. Really like Deontay every week, especially in this matchup when you can just fit in a 5K Big Ben. And next thing you know, you have salary opening up. For some of those high-end running backs, you want to fit a Jonathan Taylor in your lineup. You want to fit Cooper Cup. Big Ben Deontay might be the way. Evans, 6,700. Godwin, 6,600 at Atlanta. I like Metcalf and Lockett, 67 and 6,500 respectively against the Niners. Jalen Waddle, the price keeps going up, but I still think it's palatable. He's 6,400 against the Giants. He's quietly averaging nearly nine targets a game this season. Basically nine targets a game if you take out uh, the first week. Play some Jalen Waddle. Just keep playing him. He's getting a massive target share, and he's really showing his ceiling recently with Tua. I believe he had 30 fantasy points yesterday in DraftKings scoring, so I like that. Uh, we got Aspire Sports in the chat. If Big Ben had an arm, Deontay would be a top five guy. I agree. Deontay Johnson is just so good. He gets open at will, and it's not like there's scrubs on offense surrounding him. I mean, we saw it last year. How good is Deontay? You thought Claypool was good. You thought Juju's good. I mean, it doesn't matter who's on the field with Deontay. When he's healthy, he's getting 13, 14 targets a game. He, it's basically Keenan Allen, but without the name brand still. I don't, I don't know why, but maybe that'll change. I, I honestly think he's better than Keenan Allen after the catch. It's crazy, really. We've got DeAndre Hopkins at a great salary. I think he suits up. I think Kyler suits up. He's only 6,200 at Chicago. So I like Kyler Murray. All right, I like and I like Hopkins. I think that's an interesting stack where it's a little bit cheaper than it used to be. Uh, I like T. Higgins. The price barely went up after a massive game. I kept telling you each week, I was like, T. Higgins is going to have a blow-up game soon. When you're getting over eight targets a game from Joe Burrow and you haven't had a 20 fantasy point game yet, it's only a matter of time. And week 12 was that time. Week 13 could be that time as well. 5,800 versus the Chargers. We've got Pittman, 5,700 at Houston. I know Pittman, you're angry. Pittman hasn't had a good game in, what, four games? What the hell is he doing? Come on, Pittman, score those fantasy points. He's going to have a big game soon. He did have 10 targets versus Tampa Bay, and now he faces a, a pretty cake matchup in Houston, Texans. So Pittman, 5,700. Darnell Mooney, 5,600 against Arizona. 
20 plus DraftKings points the last three games now. 5,600. We'll see if Allen Robinson suits up. Either way, Darnell Mooney looks like a great play. Brandon Ayuk, or Ayuk, uh, 5,600 at Seattle. There's no Debo this week. Ayuk's going to get a, a whole of the targets. He's only 5,600. He's, he's already been the most productive receiver the last month in the receiving game in San Francisco. 5,600 against a bad Seattle defense. Doesn't make sense. Odell Beckham, 5,500 against Jacksonville. Hello, Odell Beckham played 98% of the snaps in week 12. He's back. OBJ with a good quarterback, 5,500. Elijah Moore also 5,500 against Philly, probably Flacco. We know what happened last time Flacco started. Elijah Moore had 30 fantasy points. Elijah Moore is just certifiably good at the game. Another guy like Deontay that's just going to get open at will. So I like Elijah Moore against the Eagles. I mean, he's probably not going to play, but if he does, he's going to be the chalk of the chalk, but you'd still have to play him. Antonio Brown is priced at 5,400 versus Atlanta. He would just be such a screaming value if he suits up. Unlikely, but just keep monitoring just in case. Van Jefferson's 5,300 against the Jaguars. He had nine targets yesterday. Seven or more targets, four of his last five games. 5,300. I don't think Van Jefferson was a great prospect. I don't even know if he's a great player. I'm still kind of out on him long-term, but at least this year, the Rams and Stafford are really vouching for him, so... He's got the high snapshot. He's getting the targets. He had a decent game yesterday. More could be in store for him, especially when you realize that he had a, a big, nearly 20 fantasy point game with nine targets, but he only, he only had three catches. He hauls in a couple more of those targets and he could have 25, 30 fantasy points. It could happen. Van Jefferson has legit four, three wheels. The guy's a burner. Next, uh, I like Sterling Shepard. If he plays, they didn't put him on IR, I don't believe, but he's missed three games now. But Sterling Shepard, 4,900 at Miami. Basically a lock for 10 targets if he suits up. And then someone mentioned it in the chat already, which is T.Y. Hilton, 4,400 at Houston. Good dart throw. The guy just feasts against Houston. We have like a, what, like eight, nine-year track record at this point of T.Y. Hilton just going bananas against Houston with his speed. He's had five targets, four of the last five games. It's a good dart throw at 4,400. Throw him in your Wentz stacks. And then I've got two more uh, cheaper guys. Brian Edwards at 3,600 against Washington. Edwards is so frustrating in season-long redraft because he's either getting you 80 yards or 20 yards most weeks. But that's not bad for a GPP. And with Waller out, I mean, I don't know, like no more rugs, no more Waller. What is it, just Renfro and Edwards? And I guess Deshaun Jackson, I don't know. Edwards could have a good week. Washington's defense is really bad against the pass, 3,600. And then the, the super deep cut would be Josh Reynolds. He's 3,400 against the Vikings. He might be the team's wide receiver one right now. Who even knows what's going on in Detroit, but he did have five targets, went three for 70 with a touchdown on Thanksgiving. No Swift. Detroit, Detroit's going to have to throw to keep up with Minnesota. And that's one more potential run back option with your cousin stacks. Or if you just want to make the salary work in a lineup and you got to throw in a random dart, take a shot at Josh Reynolds, 3,400. He's someone I actually kind of liked uh, before the season started when I thought he was going to be on Tennessee. And before the Julio note, the Julio Jones news, it was like, all right, we got AJ Brown, no more Corey Davis. Josh Reynolds is on the Titans. He had over 600 yards quietly on the Rams last year. So I was like, oh, Josh Reynolds, he's not that bad. And uh, now he's the wide receiver one in Detroit at 3,400. Turning to FanDuel, Cooper Cup, uh, he's most expensive there. I think it was 9K. Let me double check that now. 
Nah, we're not going to double check it. We'll just assume he was 9K. I think he has the same price tag on FanDuel against Jacksonville. And we want receivers on good offenses on FanDuel because it's half PPR. Embrace the touchdowns. The Tampa Bay receivers every week, they're they're good. You should play them. They're well-priced. Metcalf and Lockett, 7,300, 6,900. Good prices for two guys that we know can have double-digit touchdowns any week. Mike Williams, price is still dropping, 6,500 at the Bengals especially because I'm playing a lot of Herbert each week. Going to have some Mike Williams. And then OBJ again, 6K versus Jacksonville. What are we doing? 6K, got to play OBJ. And then Bateman down at 5,500 at the Steelers. Back-to-back duds, and he might be dead to some DFS players because you have back-to-back bad games. (laughs) We don't play you anymore. It's okay, Bateman. I'm going to play you at only 5,500 on FanDuel. All right, tight end. No Kelsey this week. Waller's on the slate, but I'm not even going to mention him because he's not going to play. Looks like he hurt something. Uh, it was his IT band or his MCL. I don't know. He's Waller's not playing this week. He's listed as doubtful already. They'll probably rule him out in the next day or two. So that leaves Andrews 6K at the top facing Pittsburgh. Uh, I like Gronk, 5,300 at Atlanta. And you're allowed to play Gronk on DraftKings, even though the price creeps up because remember, he's not just a touchdown guy. We're looking at like pretty much prime Gronk. The guy looks phenomenal against Indianapolis uh, in week 12. He had 10 targets, seven catches, 123 yards. We know that he's a threat for two touchdowns every single week. 5,300 Gronk at the Falcon. I also really like Dallas Goddard, 4,500 at the Jets. Goddard, just a total monster now that Ertz is not there with the target share. Maybe a concussion to worry about. We'll see as the week goes on. But Pat Fryermuth, 4,200 against Baltimore. Also, we'll see how he does ultimately tonight on Monday Night Football, but Logan Thomas is only 4K at Vegas. Uh, Some weird ones, uh, Jack Doyle. I didn't even know this guy had a ceiling, but he had five targets in back-to-back weeks. Then Then he has seven targets against the Buccaneers and has 20 fantasy points in week 12. My goodness. I don't know what happened to Mo Alley Cox, but the Colts don't seem to like him as much as old Jack Doyle. So I think you can consider him in your Wentz stacks. But there's two really good budget tight ends this week. The obvious is Foster Moreau. Waller's going to be out. Foster Moreau's only 2,700 at Washington. He had six targets, six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown when Waller missed week seven versus Philly. I would say Foster Moreau is the quintessential good chalk. He's super inexpensive. He's 2,700. Tight end is just impossible to crack every single week in DFS. Why not just bank on some guaranteed volume at only 2,700 and get different elsewhere in your lineup? play some Foster Moreau. But if you want to go deeper than that, you say, Josh, give me a budget tight end. That's not Foster Moreau. Okay. (laughs) It's Ryan Griffin. And some of you out there won't even know what team he's on. It's okay. He's on the Jets. He's only 2,600 against the Eagles, the absolute best fantasy matchup for tight ends. And Griffin's really come to life the last four weeks with Croft on IR. 20 or more receiving yards the last four games. That's a good punt play if you want to get off the Foster Moreau chalk. FanDuel Andrews is at the top. Mark Andrews, 7,300 there. Gronk's priced up at 7K there. You can still play him. But there's four cheaper tight ends that are also good plays. I like Zach Ertz, 5,500. Fryermuth, 5,400. Foster Moreau, 5K. And then Ryan Griffin's 4,700 on this platform. So if you don't want to pay up for someone like Gronk, just throw in Ertz, Fryermuth, Moreau, or Ryan Griffin. Probably a little less Ryan Griffin on FanDuel because they need a touchdown to get there and I just don't know how many touchdowns the Jets are going to score any given week. If we look at uh, defense special teams, oh, we've got someone in the chat. 
Kyle Pitts, if Devin Bush is out, that's a good call. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Devin White, yeah. Whoops. I I even saw your your asterisk and said Devin Bush as well. We're just we're making we're making linebackers from what is that the the Steelers were sneaking them in. Yeah, Devin White. We'll see if he plays, but yeah, Pitts is gonna have a big game at some point. They're gonna have to pass a lot. The Falcons are against Buccaneers. Pitts is a decent play. I'm just a little bit concerned. He just really hasn't gotten the target volume necessarily or the the production with Ridley out. I think he's struggled as a rookie tight end with defenses really keying in on him. So it's been tough sledding for Pitts recently. Defense, special teams. Rams are at the top 4K versus Jacksonville. Solid play. Some less expensive defenses I like. The Cardinals at 3,400 at the Bears. The Dolphins 3,300 versus the Giants. Vikings 3,200 against Detroit. Those are all solid options. If you want to go cheaper, then you could just play the Giants at the Dolphins. Giants 2,700. Your desperation defense, it's the Jets. 2,500 against the Eagles. It's because Hertz has a hurt ankle. He's probably going to suit up. Probably going to be less than 100%. Maybe a, a big sack knocks him out of the game or he tweaks it when scrambling. So the Jets are kind of a sneaky play to have a big day, I think. Only 2,500. I don't think anyone's going to play the Jets defense. FanDuel, Cardinals are at the top 5K against the Bears. On this platform, I like the Buccaneers, 4,300 at the Falcons. The Dolphins, 4K versus the Giants. And then again, the Jets, 3,500. Who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts' ankle. All right, let's turn to the hot take. I'm actually, we're going to do a live glimpse at Monday Night Football before I get you out of here. Looks like the Seahawks right now through one quarter are up seven to three and Tyler Lockett. Hey, hey, Tyler Lockett with 57 of the 63 pass yards from Russell Wilson. My guy Lockett, more yards on the season than Metcalf, more receptions on the season. Oh, Tyler Lockett. Too bad Everett has one catch for six yards in the touchdown. And on the Washington side, there is absolutely nothing of note. Good golly. I, I don't even know what's happening. Hopefully Logan Thomas didn't get injured again, but glancing at the box score, John Bates has a catch for 15 yards and Logan Thomas has a catch for only five yards. What is going on? I'm going to have to investigate soon. Let's get you out of here with a hot take after running. Uh, drum roll, please. After running, brrr, after running 98% of the routes in week 12 with 10 targets, five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. He now gets the cake, Jacksonville Jaguars secondary. Odell Beckham Jr. is your wide receiver one for week 13 with 102 against Jacksonville.